Good morning, church. So good to see you this morning. We are thrilled that you have joined this morning to worship the Lord with us in our Papa's House India page. We welcome you all in Jesus' name. We want to say we love you so much and we're praying for you. We are trusting the Lord's original design for your life to fulfill. And uh, just before we get into the word, I have, as usual, a small little joke to tell you. And uh, this story goes like this. There was an old lady and she was driving. And then when she got into the store, somehow her keys was locked in the car and she couldn't open the, uh, the car. So she tried many things. She even used uh, uh, like um, like coat hanger and stuff like that to try to take out. And then she couldn't do that. She was trying for more than 45 minutes. And finally, she said, Lord, I just need a help. And suddenly there was a guy with all his uh, tattoos and, uh, you know, the big chains and leather jacket. He was, it was a big kind of a ruffian coming on a bike. And uh, he said, lady, what's your problem? And she said, I need to open the car. And boom, in 15 seconds, he opened the car. And she said to him, you are such a nice man. Thank you so much. And this guy said, lady, it's not what you think I am. I'm not a nice man. I just got out of the prison for stealing cars. And she said, Lord, I thank you that you even sent a professional to help me. <laughs> anyway, I thought it was funny. Take your Bible. This is a precious word of God. Take your Bible if you have your phones and you have a Bible in it, take it and um, let's just pray. Father, in the name of Yeshua, we thank you for giving us this privilege to come before your throne of grace and to pray and to seek your face. And we thank you that this morning that you will speak to us, uh, you will reveal your heart to us, uh, you will take us one more step closer to you and you will help us to know you not just here in our minds certain information but you will help us to know you intimately so that you can transform us into the image of your son Jesus. So we thank you Father in Jesus mighty name. Amen. You know my prayer is every single time that I will step out of the way of God and God will have his way. Because I am here, my dear friends, not to just give you a nice um, feeling of, uh, wow, I got a nice sermon today. My goal is to be a channel where Papa can flow his word through me to you so that you can be transformed in the image of his son. The topic of this morning, or you're watching in the evening, the topic of this Sunday service is... It goes like this. Are you just a Christian or a disciple? <laughs> Are you just a Christian or a disciple? I want to read a couple of quotes to you. And maybe this would be a, a blessing to start with. Perhaps some of you might know this guy called Duncan Campbell, a Scottish preacher in the early 20th century. Um, and he said this very, very profound statement. The kingdom of God is not going to be advanced by our churches becoming filled with men and women, but by men and women in our churches being filled with God. It's worth repeating. The kingdom of God is not going to be advanced by our churches being filled with men and women, but by men and women 
in our churches being filled with God. Guys, we live in a season right now. I don't know about you everywhere. One of the things that privilege that God has given me is to go around in different parts of the world. And I have seen this all the time that we are so occupied in gathering people on Sunday service and least bothered on how they live for the rest of the week. Does it make sense? We are so occupied as church, want to gather as many people on Sunday service so that we can tell the world or tell to ourselves and to tell to other peers that we are doing a good church service but then we least bother about that particular individual for the rest of the week. Listen to what G.K. Chesterton said this, an English journalist. We don't want, as the newspapers say, a church that will move with the world. We want a church that move the world. <laughs> Ask yourself this question. Is my church... If you are not part of Papa's house, and this is a cry of my heart, as the Lord put me as the pastor, a shepherd of Papa's house, he is, he is asking me this question, and I am asking this before the throne of God. Am I, is this church moving with the world, or is this church moving the world? Let's pause here, think about it for a moment. Pause here and think about it. Is your church moving with the world or is your church moving the world? And why I say this couple of statements, because we as in this Christendom, we are so occupied in conversion and name changing and gathering on a particular day and we call it church and we are least concerned about that particular individual or a family or a community how they live Christ-like in their communities that brings a flavor and also a fragrance and a change in the places where they are. Listen, Jesus did not raise Christians. Jesus raised disciples. Jesus did not endorse a religion. Jesus did not say, I am a religious guru. Jesus did not say, you have to become religious to follow me. Jesus did never said, I am starting a new religion. In fact, he came and I've said this plenty of times and perhaps some of you are like, Charles, get over this. But let me tell you this, it has to penetrate in our hearts and mind. He never started a religion, but he showed us a kingdom, an upside down ultra kingdom. <laughs> a kingdom that is internal, but is also eternal. The kingdom that is here and now, but is also yet to come. My dear friends, the first requirement, if you're taking notes, take notes. If you're not taking notes, take notes. The first requirement of any disciple is to follow his or her master. That is the first requirement. If the master calls you, you got to follow. That is the first requirement. And I want you to pause here and I'm going to play a two-minute video 
I want to see this video, how it goes. It, then we will come back to it and talk about it. All right? Listen to this video. We live in the same world, Matthew. Next. Besides, what else are you going to do with a mind like yours? Matthew. Matthew, son of Alpheus. Yes. Follow me. Me? <laughs> yes, you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. What are you doing? You want me to join you? Keep moving, street preacher. Do you have any idea what this guy has done? Do you even know him? Yes. Listen, I said to... What are you doing? Where do you think you're going, guys? Let me go. Have you lost your mind? You have money. Quintus protects you. No Jew lives as good as you. You're gonna throw it all away. didn't get it when I chose you either. But this is different. I'm not a tax collector. Get used to different. I'm glad we passed by your booth today, Matthew. Yes. Shall we? We have a celebration to prepare for. You will regret this, Matthew. What's the tablet for? Grabbed it without thinking. You can put it back. No, no, keep it. You may yet find use for it. Where are we going? A dinner party. I'm not welcome at dinner parties. Well, that's not going to be a problem tonight. You're the host. Wow. What a powerful encounter. The way God called Matthew from the most unimaginable place and that conversation with him, with God and Peter I mean Jesus and Peter it's amazing and he says Lord but he, he's different and then Jesus looked at him and said get used to the different <laughs> turn with me to Matthew chapter 28 I have the scriptures ready Matthew chapter 28 and we're going to read this from verses 18 to 20. Okay, are you ready? Matthew 28 is the first gospel of the New Testament. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, 
and make disciples. It doesn't say go, therefore, convert them, make Christians, make Kandasami into Lurdusami, make Mariatha into Mariatha, <laughs> make Munsami into Gideon. It's just what we do now, what the Lord has to have mercy on us. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. <laughs> Jesus didn't say go and make Christians. Even Jesus did not call them Christians. In fact, the first century, enemy of the church called these guys who follow Jesus as Christians. If you read Acts chapter 11, it's up on the screen. I'm reading from the expanded Bible. Acts chapter 11 verse 26 says, When he found Saul, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, Saul and Barnabas met with the church and taught many people this many years after Jesus died and resurrected and went to heaven. You know, many people there in Antioch, the followers, disciples, were called Christians for the first time, highlighting that they were followers of Christ and perhaps that they were no longer viewed as merely a sect with Judaism. Look at the voice translation says like this. It was there in Antioch where the term Christian was first used to identify the disciples of Jesus. Today, our church, this is the saddest reality, our church, the churches around the world are filled with Christians and less with the disciples. We know how to do church. We know how to behave as Christians. We have Christian cars. They have fish stickers, Christian bikes, Christian cycles, Christian houses. Christ is the head of this house. But inside you are watching Big Brother, Big Boss. <laughs> oh Lord have mercy. Don't get me started on this. The problem with the church is that we are more aware of raising Christians but not aware of raising disciples. Do you hear that? We are more aware of raising Christians. We wanted to go and tell the people. Jesus said three things. Make disciples. He didn't say make Christians. Baptize them and teach them. What we do? We make Christians. Convert them. Which is a very, very anti-discipleship movement. <laughs> he told them to make disciples. That means you introduce them into your kingdom, not to your religion. And baptize them. What is baptize? That means that you tell them the way of the cross and then you teach them the work of the cross. And then you empower them by teaching the word so that they will continue to walk with that word to bring the ultimate fruit, which is Christ formed in us. Now, this is the question. 
what is to be a Christian in a religious setting and what is to be a disciple in a kingdom setting? Because it's, it's good to ask this question. Okay, Charles, I'm right now a born-again Christian. As I told you last week, 28 years ago, I started to follow Jesus. In a youth convention on October 2nd. And I remember this very clearly. So you may be thinking like this. Yes, I'm a Christian. I believe I want to be a disciple of Jesus. But how can I be a Christian? And what is to be a Christian in a religious setting? And what is to be a disciple in a kingdom setting? Let me give you some differences. We're going to run this quickly. Religion focuses on converting people into their ideologies. That's why we say, come to Jesus, all the things will be solved. How big lie is that? Come to Jesus, problem will be solved. When was the last time your problems was solved just because you came to Jesus? And the Bible says, in this world you will have trouble. I have overcome, so will you overcome. He never guaranteed no trouble. He guaranteed there will be trouble. But he said, you will overcome. What do we do? We cut off the first part and we just give them, you are overcomers. That's why people come with such an excitement. And then boom, they're faced with trials and tribulations and challenges and mess. They're like, my goodness, I would rather be somewhere else than facing this. Boom, they go. Kingdom focuses on relationship, following the one. Religion teaches you how to judge. Look at it, look at look at the body of Christ where we are right now. We are so judgmental. We judge our denomination with other denominations. Charismatics against Pentecostals, Pentecostals against Evangelicals, Evangelicals against Baptists, Baptists against Lutherans, Lutherans against Roman Catholics, Roman Catholic against the charismatic. It's such a mess. Such a mess. And if you read John 17, which is one of my favorite chapters, it's the high priest prayer, the prayer of Jesus praying to God. God, by this they will know that you have sent me, that they will be one. We are so divided. Anybody doesn't agree with my worldview? Anybody doesn't agree with my political view? Anybody doesn't agree with my, my, my way of doing church? They are like, something wrong, brother. <laughs> oh Lord, have mercy. Relationship teaches you how to judge. No. Relationship teaches you how to love. Religion teaches you how to fix God and others and eventually yourself. That's right. We even tell God, some people I know, they are so holy, they think they are so holy, that they can even teach holiness to Jesus. I'm not joking. Actually, if Jesus comes to their church, he has to take notes on holiness. That's how. It's, it's like you come up with the that the Paul says this, you know, you, you do things. Even Jesus mentions in the gospel, it's like you, they come up with ideas of men that think that looks like something so beautiful, but actually it's a heaviness on people's heart. Relationship teaches you that when you abide in him, he will enable you. Can I tell you something? Religion focuses on being busy on Sunday. 
for God. And doesn't matter if you're busy for God on the other days. Kingdom focuses on that you become a kingdom citizen and live and represent him every single day and every single area of your life. Wow. You know, one of the sad things that we do in the church, and that's why there is less disciples and more Christians, because we only judge someone who sins differently than us. For example, like there are two major sins in the church that is quite acceptable. More than two. Actually, you can even call three. But two major sins. One, for example, self-pity. That is commonly accepted. He is going through some troubling times. Self-pity. No, he has to overcome his self-pity. Victim mentality. And the number two, unforgiveness. And you can add gluttony and all those things as a list. But these are two major sins in, in the church that can be easily accepted. But then we never judge anyone with unforgiveness. We never judge anyone with self-pity because it's commonly agreed. It's like an unwritten law. It's okay. Take care. I rub, I scratch your back, you scratch my back. It's fine. But then somebody some comes into the church and says, man, I'm really struggling with porn or with my sexual identity. Like Henry Newman. Do you know Henry Newman? He was a Dutch priest, later moved to uh, Canada, I, I think Canada or stayed somewhere. And he says this, I am dispositionally attracted to the same sex. But because of the work of the cross in me, I choose not to indulge myself into my disposition, but to follow Christ. How many of us can honestly say, if someone comes to the church and shares this as a testimony, will he or she will be accepted? Why? We are more concerned about Christians. Nice being flawless but look at them it's not about that it's about being a disciple who's willing to take the cross and follow the master i have written down this only three ways how you can be a disciple and how you can make disciples the number one and what are the three qualities you need for a disciple? Number one, discipleship requires discipline. And this is a big one. Why? Because many times we, we feel like taking the cross and follow. But man, I don't feel like really doing it because... That was an emotion that I felt in the convention. Now that I'm working, I don't feel that anyway. That's why people say, I don't feel like brother to go to church. Why? Because it's no discipline inside. Read the scripture, Proverbs 22.6. It says, direct your children into the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. 
it is a church response it is my responsibility as your pastor to teach you this if i'm not teaching you this i'm doing a disservice to you if i want just you to be a christian i will give you a nice sunday message that you will feel so nice goosebump and you will say yeah and then i will send you my qr code for google pay or ib account <laughs> Yeah, you send to the pastor, send to the ministry, double fold is coming. Lord have mercy. You know, I can cheat you guys, but I can't cheat my master. One day I have to give accounts to him. That's why I'm telling you, I am least bothered if you are a Christian. Having a Christian name or a, or a biblical name or doing a Christian service, I am wondering, are you really a follower of Jesus, a disciple, a student of Jesus. That's what it means. Disciple means being a student, willing to learn, being flexible, humble, willing to allow the cross to come through in your life. Proverbs 12 verse 1 says, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. There are three benefits of discipline. Number one, a discipline makes us wiser. Today, so many Christians make so many foolish decisions that brings the testimony of Jesus into utter shame. Why? Because they're Christians. They're not disciples. They go to church. They do church. They are not the church. They don't be the church. They are focused on activities, not on the cross to accomplish his work of Jesus on their lives. No. So discipline makes us wiser. Number two, discipline changes us. Brother, change, it's difficult, brother. Normal Christian, ordinary Christian. Sunday Christian. Discipline changes us. If you are not transformed into the image of his son, then what's happening is you are not allowing the work of the cross, the way of the cross to deal with your life. Many times people just say, well, I'm a Christian brother. Yeah, I don't curse. I don't do idol worship. Okay, let's talk about idol worship. It's not about the idols that you go to the temple. How about your bank balance as an idol? How about your ministry as an idol? How about your properties? You know, so many churches fighting over properties. So many churches. I remember one of my friends, he, he's a Hindu. He's a judge. He's right now posted in South India, one of the major cities. And uh, he told me two pastors came here, property dispute. He took the Bible. He reads Bible also. He's more into, you know, inclusive stuff. And uh, he took the Bible and he preached to them. If somebody, Matthew 18, if someone has a problem, you should first go leave the sacrifice at the altar Go and reconcile. So he told the pastors, they are disputing over property. This guy, he said, first go reconcile. 
then if you can't reconcile, come to me. He said, Charles, Nanba, Unga Rendu Berk, Unga Rendu Podagaruk, Nanda, advice for Yamacha. He said, Couple of your pastors, not, I mean, he calls pastors as you and as general. I, too, I gave them advice from the Bible. I was like, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Discipline makes us wiser. Discipline changes us. Discipline puts us above the situation. Are you disciplining yourself? Virat Kohli, a cricketer, he would not drink a juice that's from a container. He would carry his juicer. Why? Because he wants to make sure that what he eats, he wants to make sure that he doesn't take anything that he thinks that is not pure. And you might see Virat Kohli never give any advertisement for any junk food or anything. A guy who is trying, Paul says, no, I run the race, you know, temporarily. The, like, you know, a guy who gets the prize for a temporary position has to train himself like that. How much more you and me should be training? I leave this to you. Think about it. Go before the Lord and say, God, am I allowing the way of the cross to come and deal with me? Number two, discipleship means accountability. Today, there is almost less or even zero accountability in the body of Christ. Nobody wants to go and share their burdens or their challenges with others. Nobody wants to say, I'm struggling in this area. You know, you don't need to come to the pastor. You have small group leaders and you need to go to them. You have somebody who walked behind, ahead of you, you know, and you need to go to them and say, hey man, I'm struggling in this area. What is accountability? Account according to your ability. Look at this verse from James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins. I'm reading from the ESV version. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed and the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. Wow. We don't. We don't do this. Today, no accountability. Everybody wants to do it. If the pastor corrects, who's he to judge me? I am a Christian. In fact, I am paying the tithe. And many pastors, because of the tithe, they keep their mouth shut. Can I tell you something? Some of you needs an accountability partner. I'm sorry. You can't keep going like this. You will one day fail miserably. You need somebody who can challenge you. I have mentors in my life who can challenge me for my marriage, for my personal life. I have allowed myself to be vulnerable. That is not the place to show a preacher, missionary, pastor. No, 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 no. Those titles doesn't define me. I want to see 
cross comes and deal with me where it needs to be crucified, where it just needs to be done so that Jesus can be formed in that area of my life. And it's not easy. It's sometimes very humbling. But instead of being me pride and humiliated later, I would rather go through these moments of humbling moments and trust the Holy Spirit to bring the ultimate fruit. Do you have an accountability partner? Would you be willing to share your stuff, your darkest secrets to someone so that you can get help and grow? Guys, this is the thing. I wrote down here. Maybe you can take notes. If you want to be forgiven, just pray to God. That's it. You no need an accountability partner. But if you want to be restored fully or wholly, confess it to someone. That's why I've said this before. I'm going to say this. Revealing your feeling is the beginning of your healing. You are sick, as sick as your secrets are. The more you hide, the more sicker you get. If you want healing, you got to stop concealing. This is very important. This is so important that you need, you know, sometimes we just pile it up. And I know the Indian culture. I have seen that I have personally paid a humongous price sharing somebody your struggles and they use this as a bait to manipulate you and to try to i know the struggles we face in our culture you can't go to your pastor and say pastor last week hmm, i was alone on friday night came back from my duty double duty and it's i was just flipping and then one after another and i end up watching a full-blown porn and i know it's it's, it's our culture is like we pretend everything is fine and everything is okay and then boom, it messes up. I, I understand the, the ramifications of sharing with humility to someone and they using that as a bait and they look at you next time. Hmm. This guy, he was lying I know this guy's past. I know the challenges, but we can't use those things as an excuse. Still, there are godly people God has kept in our nation who can really take, come alongside with you, help you to see the kingdom of God established. It is possible. My friends, I am deeply, 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 it's such a heaviness in my heart. I'm sharing this to you. Don't just, don't just pretend. Don't live in denial thinking, ah, this is, I'm just going to somehow, somehow. No, there is no somehow. There is no magic in the kingdom of God. Hello? If Jesus has to endure the cross, we are his followers, right? We have to take our cross and follow him. We like the cross of Jesus. But Jesus said, that cross is mine. I have paid it. <laughs> now, I paid it for you to be free. But to be my disciple, I am giving you your cross. And that cross you have to carry. And that cross means that cross will deal with your life wherever that needs to be dealt with. Area of insecurity, jealousy, anger, bitterness, pride, religious pride, you know, uh, social pride, caste pride, positional pride. 
you know, like designation pride uh, or, uh, or job pride. All these things crossed has to come through and deal with that so that you know why? You will be called a faithful servant. <laughs> Look at First Timothy chapter 4, verse 11 and 2. Teach these things. Paul is writing to Timothy, his protege. Teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in where you live, in your love, in your faith, and in your purity. Wow. He didn't say, make sure Sunday, be a nice, good Christian. Praise the Lord. Yes, he's is nallavar. How about you? <laughs> Oh Lord, have mercy, <laughs> guys. It's I'm I'm maybe adding some little humor, but get this. We are not here, muck around, just to do some activities. Number three, time is running. Number three, discipleship involves commitment. Commitment. It's so important. You can't be discipled if you are not committed to follow Jesus. If you say, Jesus, I can follow you based on my convenience. Yeah. If it feels good, I will follow you. If it is convenient for me, I will follow you. We live, in the, especially in the, the, in the city churches, my goodness, we have to get a reality check. I would encourage you guys, one of those Sundays, go to your village in, a, in somewhere in the town, sit at the back of a, some church and see how the village church believers behave. They walk two, three kilometers carrying a Bible. Probably they didn't have even food in the morning. And they bring five or ten rupees. You know, they call it in the Mundani Muduchi, you know. They tie it up in this. Come, stay. There is no AC, nothing. Mat, hard, hard floors. Sit there, worship the Lord, pray, speak in tongues. Give that favorite, their, their treasurous offering to the Lord. Walk back. Many city churches, I tell you, based on convenience. Ah, I came back from job. Ah, I couldn't get up. I felt so tired. Ah, my my kids need to do this. I gotta go there. Ah, you know, I can watch online. Yeah, I'll transfer. Transfer. <laughs> you may not like what I'm sharing, but you know what? I'm not trying to please you. Look at that. Look at this. Galatians 6, 9. So let us not get tired of doing what is good or that at the just time we will reap a reward of blessing if we don't give up. Listen, listen, listen. Write down this. If you don't remember anything, remember this one. God doesn't reward me for my calling. God rewards me for my faithfulness of my calling. 
God doesn't reward you for your calling. God rewards for your faithfulness to your calling. It's true. That's why many are called, few are chosen. Are you faithful? Are you faithful to the commitment that God has called you? Are you faithful to say, you know what? You know, can I tell you guys, sometimes it's very, very, very tough in Papa's house. Sometimes I'm feeling like, man, it's, it's, can I be honest with you? Sometimes I feel like it sucks. But I know that I know. I am not here to allow my feelings to determine my calling. He who called me is faithful. And I am going to try my best to be faithful to him. The best example of commitment is how Trinity works. It's up in the screen. Our Father wills it. Our Jesus words it. And our Holy Spirit works it. What does it mean? Our Father created this world. Jesus redeemed this world. Holy Spirit occupies us and dwells in us as his temple. Wow! My friends, what I am encouraging you to do this, if you are saying, I am a disciple of Jesus, make sure that you commit to pick up your cross and follow him. Make sure that you find an accountability partner so that you can grow. Make sure that you discipline yourself to see the kingdom of God manifest. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you for this, this morning. And those who are watching this evening, I pray that you will, oh Father, you will help us. We are so sorry. We are so focused on on Sundays. We are so thrilled to show up to church on Sundays but not willing to follow you on the rest of these days. Father, we are sorry for just being a Christian but not being a disciple. Help us to pick up the cross and follow you. We ask you to give us the grace to go beyond our feelings and to walk in the fullness of your calling. At the end of the day, Father, we know that you doesn't reward our calling. You rewards to our faithfulness to our calling. We thank you. Conform your image of your Son in us. In Jesus' name.